Welcome to the Psalms, a call to words podcast where timeless truths shape today's words. I am your host, David Bunce, and I hope that you will be blessed as we journey through the great songbook of the Bible. Psalm 74 is a reminder that even when we go through the fiery trial, we have a God who understands our weaknesses and is the source of our strength in the face of such suffering and persecution. Charles Spurgeon says this is an instructive psalm by Asaph. The history of the suffering church is always edifying. When we see how the faithful trusted and wrestled with their God in times of dire distress, we are thereby taught how to behave ourselves under similar circumstances. We learn, moreover, that when the fiery trial befalls us, No strange things have happened unto us. We are following the trail of the host of God. Indeed, not only the people of God in the past have suffered under persecution and trial, but Christ himself endured the cross for us that we would have life even though it cost him his. Reading in the Book of Martyrs, which was published in 1881, it is a holistic picture of the suffering of the early church. One of the stories that's captured in this book is of Symphorosa. She was a widow, and her seven sons were commanded by the emperor to sacrifice to heathen deities. Well, when she refused to do so, she was carried to the temple of Hercules. She was scourged, she was hung up for some time by the hair of her head, then being taken down A large stone was fastened to her neck, and she was thrown in the river, where she expired. With respect to the sons, they were fastened to seven posts, and being drawn up by pulleys, their limbs were dislocated, and they were tortured. But in the face of all of this, they were martyred because they knew that God was stronger than their foes. Even in the face of trial and difficulty, God does not despise his people. He continues to be the source of strength even in the face of such evil. Psalm 74 O God, why do you cast us off forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? Remember your congregation which you have purchased of old, which you have redeemed to be the tribe of your heritage. Remember Mount Zion, where you have dwelt. Direct your steps to the perpetual ruins. The enemy has destroyed everything in the sanctuary. Your foes have roared in the midst of your meeting place. They set up their own signs for signs. They were like those who swing axes in a forest of trees, and all its carved wood they broke down with hatchets and hammers. They set your sanctuary on fire. They profaned the dwelling place of your name, bringing it down to the ground. They said to themselves, We will utterly subdue them. They burned all the meeting places of God in the land. We do not see our signs. There is no longer any prophet, and there is none among us who knows how long. How long, O God, is the foe to scoff? Is the enemy to revile your name forever? Why do you hold your hand back, your right hand? Take it from the fold of your garment and destroy them. Yet, God my King is from of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. 
You divided the sea by your might. You broke the heads of the sea monsters on the waters. You crushed the heads of Leviathan. You gave him as food for the creatures of the wilderness. You split open springs and brooks. You dried up ever-flowing streams. Yours is the day. Yours also is the night. You have established the heavenly lights and the sun. You have fixed all the boundaries of the earth. You have made summer and winter. Remember this, O Lord, how the enemy scoffs and a foolish people reviles your name. Do not deliver the soul of your dove to the wild beasts. Do not forget the life of your poor forever, having regard for the covenant. For the dark places of the land are full of the habitations of violence. Let not the downtrodden turn back in shame. Let the poor and needy praise your name. Arise, O God, defend your cause. Remember how the foolish scoff at you all the day. Do not forget the clamor of your foes, the uproar of those who rise against you, which goes up continually. We hear in this psalm the cry to the Lord in the face of such trial, such difficulty, and yet the heart of it is to remember that God is not powerless. He is not impotent. He is all-powerful. He is omnipotent. He has all ability to save his people from trials, and yet why is it that he lets them endure suffering, darkness, scoffing of the enemy, reviling of the wicked. God ultimately does not let anything go to waste, and even the suffering and martyrdom of his servants, of his saints, is still not unknown to him. He is working all things for good. Sometimes the martyrs of saints ended up bringing about the salvation of their enemies. Sometimes it was the work of God to purify the church through times of uh, violence brought about by the enemies of God. Even in the Old Testament, when the people of God were cast out of the promised land of Israel, there's no way we can look at that and say it is good. And yet, we can, because we know that through the exile of the people of Israel came the promised Messiah. Everything that God has done in history and through all of time has given us the understanding of his intimate work. Spurgeon again says that there is one singularity in this psalm which reminds one strongly of Psalm 44. There is not one mention of national or personal sin throughout, no allusion to the Lord's righteousness dealing in their punishment, no supplication for pardon and forgiveness, and yet one can hardly doubt that the writer of the psalm, be he who he may be, must have felt it as keenly as Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, or any other prophet of the captivity, the sins and iniquities which had brought all this sore evil upon them. So when we understand that others have faced this kind of persecution, we must remember that God continues to work even through and in that persecution for the salvation of others and for the growth of his church. We must remember God's salvation even through times of judgment. God is continually bringing about life, but in the face of life, the world will hate it. This is heathenism, which is cruel, as John Hamilton says. It is not changed in character since the days when parents made their children to pass through fire to Moloch. Uh, Molech is often what we call that false god, and what he's pointing to here 
is the reality that the world is always going to live opposite of that which God has called the church to live. Uh, in the way of righteousness, following the path of goodness, of godliness, the world has no time for such uh, triviality as it is thought. But for those who love God, they will follow him. For those who hate the Lord, they will react in persecution, in hatred, in vitriolic, uh, just passionate pursuit of the destruction of God's people. Why is that? It's because they don't know the God who brings life and love and help against the ones who are uh, seeking the evil for God's people. God will raise his hand in judgment, but because of his great love and mercy, he hasn't done so yet. He allows the door to stay open, for salvation to be open to even his enemies. And we should be so thankful for all of that, because we don't start as friends. We begin as enemies, only reconciled through the grace of Jesus Christ. Let's remember that God does not forget the struggles of his saints, and he does not forget the clamor of his foes. Help us to trust in you, God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness, for your grace. Let us remember who you are that you are the God and King of old, that you are working salvation in the midst of the earth, that even when it seems like destruction is intended for your people, you use the even the evil of the wicked to turn their hearts towards you, to grow your people even in the face of darkness. Let us remember the light that comes from following you and pursue righteousness and joy even in the face of death. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to The Psalms, a Called to Words podcast. For more content, just visit calledtowords.com. I hope you will join us again next time for more riches from The Psalms.